0: I'm going to say is go Rangers (laughs) since we tape uh, the day before we release poor Chisholm and Chisholm doesn't even check the box score so he may not even know for like a week but uh, the little Rangers yeah 2023 World Series champions more on that next week without further ado though let's just roll it Howdy, everybody! Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 148 of Justified Pursuit. Writing shotgun is always a good counselor. Chisholm Cook. By the time this airs, we'll maybe it'll still be one more, or
1: uh, we'll be celebrating. Your stock is rising. Yeah, your interest stock is rising for sure. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was in a similar position about the same time last week. We needed. We had two to get one. You are in the slightly better position of having three to get one, with our so, two aces coming up.
0: Yeah, and Scherzer hurting. Yeah, he's done, but he wasn't. He's I done. mean, he never so even made guys it had to five innings in the playoffs. So yeah, he's coming off that injury. So it was didn't work out for him. But Ivaldi and and Montgomery have picked up the slack and have been awesome. So, and I went to game two when we lost. That sucked. At least I went to the World Series.
1: Hopefully, there will be no bloody socks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs>
1: this has happened before, but this is yeah. a reference to Kurt Schilling in
0: 2001. Right. They were down 3 0, weren't they? No, they weren't, they weren't down 3 0. I'm
1: pretty sure, dude. No,
0: they weren't. I First Google check of the <laughs> 2001 World Series. Look it up. Randy Johnson, Curt Schilling, I think it was against the Yankees.
1: It was definitely, it wasn't against, so it was in the ALCS, wasn't it?
0: Mm, no, it was, it, was it was against the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, they're in different yeah, so it was in leagues. The, it was in the
1: ALCS. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah no. NPR, I knew it. Basketball, Boston Red Sox made history becoming the first baseball team to win a best of seven series after oh, trailing. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah that, that, okay, different thing. So It was the ALCS, but. It was
0: still I, so. Kurt Schilling pitched for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2001 World Series, which is where I thought you were going with that. But I guess the bloody sock thing was when he was with the Red Sox. But the Red Sox, right? Yeah, yeah. They were down right. to the Yankees, three. I think that they're the, the only team in Game Seven in the World Series in 2001. That's why. That's why I was confused.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's true too. I think uh-huh. that that Boston team is the only team in American sports history to come back from three 0 in a best-of-seven and win. Pretty For sure, that's
0: sure in baseball.
1: I'm pretty sure it's like in any sport, which would be just including basketball and hockey, right? But uh, I'm not going to Google that. Just trust me on it.
0: The list of teams to overcome 3-0 series deficit. Mm. 1942 Stanley Cup finals. The 1975 Stanley
1: Cup quarterfinals. Okay, so it's happened in hockey, which is like barely it. an American sport. Let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't care about that either. We have like three listeners up in like Minnesota and Michigan that are upset by that. Mm-hmm. We
0: sure do, and nobody cares. All right, yeah. Uh, the mo- only significant one is the one you're mentioning for sure. No.
1: And uh, um, oh.
0: That was the one where they were
1: doing shots before, I think, like all of those four games where they came back. The players were? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's for sure. I'm not making... I I remember... So
0: you're trying to hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, and you've taken a couple tequila shots? I had to get loose, baby. I think they, like, took a shot of... It's not golf. It's not just me and my buddies out there getting some swing juice.
1: I think they took one shot. I think Mm -hmm. they all took, like, a shot of bourbon and then went out, and one game... Four. <laughs> well, if you're happened, down three zero, maybe he's changing something right be- i mean what did it yeah it was like fuck it let's get loose and see what happens and they let it rip and then when they won and when they won game four i'm pretty sure they did it the all the rest of the series smart one shot wears off yeah. before the first pitch smart it worked. um deer season opens this weekend i know you know it sucks what is it it's been in the 30s the last two mornings both here and at our place but then season. by saturday morning it's going to be like in the 60s at sunup and 80s in the daytime it's lame, isn't it? like, man, and it. literally are missing it by a day but yep. you know the deer down there are used to it being hot bucks have been there in their pattern for two or three months without this neat little weather but man it sure is nice to just sort of feels more like deer hunting when it's i'm getting a lot more daytime photos
0: over the past three or four days yeah, yeah of bucks yeah, One was there at like three o'clock in the afternoon, which is about two hours before any of have been there uh, since last, this time last year, December. On, last year. Days on that day, I bet you anything he was right in there in a major, yeah. minor. So I'm pumped about that. Uh, I'll be out at the deer lease this weekend. Are you going?
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, I might sneak away a little early and uh, do some work from the ranch house to close the week out. i don't i don't i didn't hear you say that <laughs> i mean i'll work uh, yeah, wi-fi it's i work from home anyway it's just a different background that's all i will yeah. put in two legitimate days of work i'll just be sleeping at the ranch house and checking some cards in the evenings mm-hmm. maybe setting some snares and do any coyote trapping need to get some snares i was thinking more like sitting my bottom in a deer blind until about five till eight mm-hmm so, which one
0: of your daughters? Don't you have a very nice buck? You sent me some photos of, mm-hmm. and one of the girls is going to
1: try to get him. One of the girls will be shooting her her booner and then be guiding for the next three years of her sisters <laughs> as they as they come of age. Because uh-huh. yeah, we're gonna be putting Riley on a big deer, the mm-hmm. legit six by six with G fours on both sides, twelve point kicker on his back left g2 this year he's thrown a bunch of new little stickers off of his brow off like his bases and brows um he should score well very symmetrical so, despite the little bit of minimal trash very beautifully symmetrical 12 point um it's a little funny almost. how things
0: change as we age and evolve as parents and as hunters like you've never shot a dude that big no not even close right but i mean it never even crossed your mind you're like i'll let one of the girls shoot it
1: i was all right so everybody knows (laughs) everybody knows the tale of chaco who is presumably cougar scat yeah (laughs) um that is a gigantic originally like perfectly typical eight point that later on just became this freak like Do you agree, looking back at the pictures of him, that with all that trash, he would have been a gross hundred and sixty plus inch plus inch technical eight point? Yeah, he you should have shot him. Uh, And I say technical eight point because (laughs) the cougar doesn't care if it's a doe or chaco. It all tastes like deer. He was nice and fat too. He was so he was like morbidly obese the day that the year that the cat ate him. In fact, to your point. I have video of him. I'm watching him. He weighed 200. If if Clay's deer weighed 240, I'd bet this son of a bitch weighed 260 in November of 21, I think is when he disappeared on me. Mm. 20? 20.
0: Probably 2020, yeah. Because you caught the mountain lion. Oh,
1: 2019.
0: Yeah, it's long. Yeah, 19, yeah. Cause we, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 19. Anyway um revenge is sweet though the mount lion rests above the fireplace
1: in the living beautiful room mount thanks becky yeah. indeed um rustic reminders mm-hmm. yeah anyway like i said i call him an eight just because technically what was growing off of his beams was eight points but then from there he forked completely on one side like a mule deer and i had a start of a heavy fork on the other side and like a you know, kickers and stickers and all kinds of stuff. Like he had probably ten or eleven or twelve ring hanger points, but he was an eight point that was gigantic. And after he vanished on me that season, which I did have, I was videoing him on opening day for like an hour. All two hundred and sixty pounds of his fat ass. You had a gun there, right? I'm ninety percent sure I was sitting there with the right of course you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to give him one more year. Mm-hmm. Not doing that anymore. <laughs> they make it to six, and they Ooh. look like that. They're toast. And anyway, basically at that point, I was like, I was so tripped by that deer. Even when he was a three-year-old, magnificent, 150-inch, like, slick eight. True, perfect, symmetrical eight. I, He was, was magical, right? I was like, all right. I, one of these days, something like that, that just, like, gets its hooks in me that i can't shake will come along and i watched i've dude i've watched a lot of really good deer. we've lost as many as we've killed that just mm. just again die whatever or they i've had one i had one go ghost on us and two years in a row i would get pictures of him like two or three times during the season at night and that would be it nobody ever saw him again after the very first year we were on the place he was a monster but uh I just thought one of these days something's gonna come along and I'd be like, that's my guy. And I had a little like with Clay's bucket one time, two years or so before he killed it. I was like, he's nice. He's just not like special. He ended up being special. Yeah. But not the special that I'm looking for. He didn't but this one and this one that
0: uh Riley's after didn't didn't do it for you either.
1: But there probably was a probably time because oh, there was a time. There was a time. Um I think last year was the first you're, you know, I'm sure I'd seen him before, but whatever he was before last year, he was this big, badass, like legit 160 plus inch 12 point. Right. And huh. I've never shot a 12 point. I've only watched, a, you know, that's the first legit 12. And I, when I say legit, I know I've explained this. You know what I'm talking about. But like where he has G4s on both sides, G5s, sorry, G5s Ooh. on both sides, meaning he's a typical 12 point before any kickers or anything else, right? We've had 12s that are like a five by seven. There's one, we've had 11s that were five by sixes. We actually have two legit. There's not a lot of of 12 points. 12s are tough to come by. Mm -hmm. So looking at him last year, I was like, I might shoot that deer. Mm -hmm. And I thought about him all year. I really was planning to give him another year. And there's an outside chance we still might, depending on how he looks when I see him on the hoof this season. He's getting shot. Probably getting shot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I said outside, like, like way outside. Chance, Um, yeah, man. Earlier this summer, uh, first time I looked at him, I was like, "I'm gonna let Riley kill that big ass deer." And you know, to your point, I do still think one of these days a buck is gonna come along that I just look at and I'm like, "That's my that's that dude's mine." Whether I it's two or three years or, or. Whatever happens, I'll. I'm sure I'll get back on it. And I, I actually, I'm gonna take my bow. I'm hoping to stick a doe, uh, while I'm down there, just to get bloody. But it's not like I don't want to kill deer anymore. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you know, watching my girls get proficient, man. Riley can. Sh- Riley and Charlotte can both shoot, dude. The other day, we were down there three weeks ago, I guess. Uh, just checking cards and just to get down there. I took three of the girls and Ash stayed up here for her market. Charlotte stayed with her. We shot, and Sarah, my nine-year-old, kept a better than a softball, but not like a baseball. A good five-inch group with like one flyer, with her mom's twenty-two two fifty fifty yards. Um, at that age already, she's a better shot than Riley and Charlotte were at that age. But I have since put a suppressor on that twenty-two two fifty, so it's like shooting a twenty-two. Um, pops, so that helps. But then. Gave handed Riley so she's got a 22 long rifle revolver that uh, Uncle Clay gave her a little while back. And man, I mean, she can pretty much stack all six r- rounds into a, a half dollar at oh wow, seven, eight paces with that thing. Yeah, so then I handed her my Glock 40 caliber, my G23. She put a whole magazine in a fist size target with that bad boy. <laughs> Yeah. that's
0: funny because last night we were uh we were walking down to uh mickey's house to eat dinner before trick-or-treating and he had wanted a pistola for a while and i had purchased these three guns when i was planning on fixing mickey guns. had or henry head who are we talking about mickey mickey had oh, listener mickey okay. our friend yeah. yeah guest of the show uh and I had bought, bought these three guns when I was planning on raffling them off to fix the dog's knees. But then found out that's illegal in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have these three guns. You can never have enough guns. They don't lose value, right? Dex. And uh But he was like, I'll, "I'll, you know, I'm interested in one of those. And so I uh, was walking down there, and I also had an unopened pistol, like, handgun safe. I was like, he can have this, too, because I have one. I don't need it. And so I was carrying that and then carrying all the appetizer stuff that Aaron had given me in a grocery sack. I'm walking, you know, they live like five houses down. We're walking down there. And I'm like, Stella, carry this. And I hand her the the black case. It has a Glock 43 <laughs> in it. And she's walking in there. And then I, we get into the kitchen and I'm like, Stella, where's that thing? She's like, oh, I set it down over there. I'm like, go get it. There's a gun in there. She, she had no idea that <laughs> there was a Glock in there. It was funny though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway. Continue.
1: I think that's Riley's it. Gonna see, Riley's going to shoot the deer. Riley's going to shoot a big damn deer. I'm perfectly, I'm so excited about it. And then there's another, there's a 10 point that I've been watching for, man, maybe four years now that I'm going to try to get Charlotte on, which is a really damn nice deer in his own right. The only thing about him is he's kind of lopsided. Uh, his brows are lopsided. One's longer than the other. His, whack, his his rack's not, it's not like hideous. It's just not, he's not symmetrical. He's not a trophy, but he's like. This well, this where we
0: play the Be- Beethoven music? Do do Oh, first world problem. Yeah, I mean, it's to your point, not we're not we're such...
1: culling 150 inch, you know, <laughs> maybe pushing 160 inch, 20 inch wide deer now, which is hilarious. <laughs> well, now you're just
0: making yourself look like an ass. Let's move on. Hold on. There was a lot of
1: work to get there. Four star, you know. Thank God, when his granddaughter started killing deer, decided to come back around and you know enjoy the process again. But he had gotten. To the point where like every dead deer, no matter what, made him want to cry. And he just like, I was like, why did you get a ranch to, to deer hunt if you don't like to kill? De- I don't, you know, I don't mm-hmm. understand. So we've had some disagreements over the years. <laughs> uh, at times they've, they've escalated to uh, unpleasant territory. About how many deer to kill and what to kill. And the first three years on the place, man, I was killing deer that were like four by ones, right? A spike on one side and, you know, a dinky little... Bitty, pencil y rack on the other, but they were obviously like, you know, full grown deer. These weren't yearling deer. They were deer that had injured their pedicle, which is where their horn grows from, antler grows from, you know, maybe as a yearling, never grew back right. Maybe there was some genetics involved. One one buck that his one side grew straight down and then a U turn back up and he couldn't ever get the velvet off of it. So he'd always been wearing this like blackened, you know, rotting flesh all over his sorry horn all year. Like, trash is the point Mm. like killing trash deer and he told me after like two years of me aggressively waylaying these things he's like well you gotta have calls for next year and i was like the goal is to be killing 140 and 150 inch 10 points next year that's not to kill this Mm. junk like we shouldn't have any of this we should have like you know look at any meat yeah reading right it's Mm -hmm. not like i'm throwing them away 100 percent ate every single one of those things uh the cool thing is that's where we are now. Like I've got like one buck that you could look at and be like, "Oh, he's like that." There's always one, you know, but before it was 3, 4, 5 deer every year that were just junk, pitiful. And so now you're splitting hairs between is like, "All right, he's 3 and he's just a basic 8 point. Do we give him another year or two or do we just go ahead and whack him?" And you know, thankfully dad has come all the way around where he's seeing the high-end bucks are better than the high-end bucks 7 years ago. And the low end bucks are better than the low end bucks seven years. The whole thing—it's called the Overton window of deer hunting—has shifted. It's in the, called uh, whitetail management. It's working. It's working.
0: Yep. Well, it's speaking working. of uh, hunting, the ladies from the View had an interesting take on that. <laughs> it's going to educate all of us. This is going to blow your mind. Listen to this. I'm still trying to work through my new iPhone here. Oh, I figured it out. Here we go. This is so great, Chisholm. And I do want to get one of these. If you know where to find this gun that she's talking about, I I do want one. Weigh in on the uh, topic of what happened in Maine and the AR-15s.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to see an assault weapons ban. Like President Reagan, I don't believe they're a sport or hunting um, uh, instrument. It's like shooting fish in a bucket, but that's my But thing. also, if you shoot with an AR-15, let's say you shoot it's a the deer, you can't do. eat it. Because you basically in addition to that, but the hunt is about an actual difficult process, not massacring bodies of any kind. But my point is, I'd love to see
0: that. So, number one, fish in a bucket, butchered cliche. Supposed to be fish in a barrel. Number two, if you shoot a deer with an AR fifteen, it's basically like you sawed it in half, and you can't eat it. Do you know where to get that gun? I would love one of those.
1: It's probably not actually the rifle. Maybe there's exploding 223 rounds.
0: I don't... I I don't know. I haven't found any.
1: Yeah, dude. I I was certainly aware of that. And it's... It's adorable. Um, It's adorable that people that are so ignorant get to talk on television. Uh, Actually, that's not adorable. That's really frustrating. Uh, Get to vote. Um you know, get to have opinions about things that they are just woefully ignorant about. I mean, like, what the... I mean, mean, she was very transparent about
0: she would also love, the the guest was like, well, I would love to see an assault weapons ban. So there's point number three in that 20-second clip. I have a dear loved one,
1: very dear loved one, who has twice now kind of accused me of killing a mesquite tree with my AR-15, huh. and I—I'm not sure, but I get the sense she thinks something similar—that this particular rifle is, you know, some sort of heavy artillery. She would hate to see what my 300 Win Mag does to that tree. Yeah, well, that's the thing—is that the target that we shoot at used to be right in front of this tree for like three or four seasons. we we've since moved it. So that tree had taken two seventy rounds, thirty out six rounds, probably a three hundred here and there. In fact, I'm I'm positive that it did because I shot my short mag and a Winchester mag at it. Um, my mom used to unload her. I think my it's just a, 20, a puzzle. Twenty-two in the long
0: rifle dining room and just flashed me. That's awesome. I'm not complaining. I'm just announcing
1: it to the world. <laughs> keeps loving fun <laughs> you must be somewhere near peak week um anyway my point is this tree has taken some freaking lead right you know how many rounds i've shot through my ar-15 not that many two mags ever i did shoot him at that tree all at one time and apparently all the 30 odd six rounds and 270 rounds and whatever else it's taken over a three or four year period didn't uh, adversely oh, affect the trees, but, but but two magazines that this. AR fifteen did
0: on the thousand plus acres. How
1: many mesquite trees do you think there are? Thousand plus, <laughs> thousands. I would say ten thousand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, dude. So so our, our where we have our market is nineteen acres. Feel it. Where we have our market is nineteen acres of heavily timbered, you know, property. M- most of it, probably fifteen of those acres, and it has five hundred hardwoods. So, yeah, maybe a hundred thousand mesquites. I don't know. Never, you can walk
0: through the place, like unless unless you're on the sendero or the road. Like there's just mesquites. everywhere. that's what South Texas is, right? And she's treating it like this is an
1: endangered species. Oh, this poor She's species. not angry. It's all about your it. ARs. That's fault. the thing. When it's come up, it's been more like one of these damn shootings happens, and then an off the cuff comment about my quote assault rifle in the safe is you know. <laughs> It's so dangerous. Look what it did to that tree. And I'm going to, at some point, dude, I'm going to grab one of her 270s. I'm going to grab one of the girls' 22250s. And I'm going to grab one of my 5.56 rounds and I'm going to show it to them. I'm like, which one of these came out of an AR 15? I guess I just gave up who I'm talking about, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love you, mom. In case you're listening, Rolling with Dad tomorrow. <clears throat> it's, I mean, yeah, you can shoot a lot of them, but that tree got shot a lot before I unloaded
0: two mags at it i love you too mrs cook don't not invite us because you have your 270 so, so many uh mesquite trees i i know that one's very special though so
1: your 270 is nearly Chism twice is as long for shooting that tree i agree
0: actually i agree with your mom <laughs>
1: <laughs> well played casing on your 270 rounds are probably 50 larger with 50 more powder than a 223 slash so i i spliced that video and then i caught i i uh, added a clip of
0: my girls and i on the back of it and put it on my business page and i had a 300 wind mag bullet and i didn't prep them on it i said which one of these do you think would do more damage to a deer this is a 55 grain 223 round this is 180 grain 300 wind mag and they were like well duh. the bigger one
1: <laughs> <laughs> the deer hunting one <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, dude. Just look at, like, that's my point, right? Just look at the bullets. It's not rocket science. But if you know where
0: to get one of them grenade launching ARs, let me, uh, let me add them. Um,
1: we're, we're accepting sponsorship applications.
0: Main shooting. That happened the day after we released. It happened the day we released last week. Uh, we had already recorded this dude, everything that I've read after this terrible tragedy was showing extreme signs of mental illness, telling people he'd been thinking about doing something like this. You know why society's broken? It's because the people that heard that didn't do anything. It's not, and that's the whole liberal mindset. Well, we understand he's going through something, but you know what? It's not nice to try to get him help because that makes us feel bad. It's nice just to pretend like it doesn't exist. And then here, you now you've got whatever 18 what how many people got killed 18 22
1: a lot i i deliberately avoid these types of news stories a lot of people died for no reason mm-hmm. the
0: guy is showing external signs of mental illness and saying he wants to commit violent crimes with a gun and somehow we should all turn our ars in like the lady said she's for an assault weapons ban because i saw this other video they thought that he was another it's... crazy
1: person on ssri shot a bunch of people uh, this guy put it perfectly he goes you
0: know thing about uh about drunk driving is they're always hitting sober drivers he said you should so you should ban sober drivers he goes the same thing applies to gun control (laughs) right Yeah. yeah um
1: but are you sitting here telling me that you're into red flag laws now not saying that
0: that didn't have anything to do with uh oh you're talking about the 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 guy's external like uh, showing right well what do you, what's the what where's the crossroads what's the where is the rubber meet the road on that one i don't know i tell you this much but the people that should have said something didn't say anything regardless of whether i'm in for or against red flag laws like the, that was a red flag i'm going i want to kill i'm thinking about killing people oh a week later oh he killed some people who would have who saw that coming
1: I don't know. They they have put us, and I would argue deliberately, into a real catch twenty-two situation. Um, you can go back to episode two of this podcast, which was very deliberately all about the Second Amendment. And I argued then, back in something like August of twenty twenty, that conservatives lost the argument when we stopped talking about the second amendment being for what it actually says it's for being the maintenance of a well-regulated militia, which is necessary for a free state. In other words, to protect us from government tyranny. You mean like the, the
0: current president who said, your ARs can't protect you. We'll just bomb you.
1: Right. Right. From at least being able to put up some sort of, you know, defiant stand if, if you know, We got authority in our country decides to unleash nuclear bombs and F 18s on us, which is what he claimed. Thankfully he hasn't done that. Um, And regardless of his claims of nukes and AR or, you know, F 18s or whatever jet he referenced, there's a little bit of a mutual. I combined F
0: 18s and AR 15s for
1: the F 15. That's what I said. Well, there wasn't that out of plane, right? There's an F 18. There's for sure. an f 14, that was the old Tomcat from the original (laughs) top gun. Um. anyway we've kind of reached a mutually assured destruction stalemate in that regard because there's 300 million guns and you know the United States military does have all these much bigger things than guns Uh, so you know an armed society is a polite society but much like I argue we gave up the argument or I contend we gave up the argument when we stopped talking about protecting liberty and started talking about Housewives being able to protect the home with an AR 15 while their husband's on a business trip. Uh, looking at you, eye patch. Uh, that's Dan Crenshaw, by the way. He said that on cable's real show. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I feel like we've really boxed ourselves in here by accurately and rightfully pointing out the fact that all of these mass shooters have severe mental health issues and are on hardcore quote antipsychotic medications that's what those are ssris uh benzodiazepines etc it's like all right if we're gonna if our hill to die on on this is we have a mental health crisis not a gun crisis kind of have to do something about the mental health crisis at some point don't we well
0: when john f kennedy was president we had two hundred thousand people committed to insane asylums mental health institutions there was rampant abuse in those things. I, mean, I will not deny that. And people were mistreated. And the stuff that went on there, the experimental medicine, in quotation marks, uh, was those were atrocities. But a lot of those people still needed mental help. And now we have, I think I, the last stat I read, it was like a month ago, is like 15,000 people in the entire country. Well, do you think that mental health has... As a society, gotten better or gotten worse since the 1960s?
1: So we've got, let's say, trend lines going in the wrong
0: direction. (laughs) Let's say 10% or less of the people that were committed then are now committed. And mental health, I think it's one in three millennials say that, or no, not millennials, Gen Zs say they're struggling with mental health. One in three. And we have no, in, mental, I don't want to say insane, probably that's one of those uh, microaggression words. Can you even say insane asylum anymore? Probably just to say mental health facilities. We don't have them. And and, uh, by and large, I think it was the Republicans that did away with them. So that wasn't a very
1: smart thing to do. But... Okay. Hold on. So we have worsening mental health conditions, right? 100%. Do you trust the state of the psychiatry profession at the moment to help no, and that's uh, the problem law with red flag laws,
0: hmm? right? That's the problem with red flag laws. Is you're not, not just reg, not just red but flag laws. I saw what laws. you
1: tweeted, and so we need to get someone over your house, to take that gun away. Not just red flag laws, but also slapping people in insane asylums or whatever you might want to call them in m- modern day, right? Like yeah. what you're talking about is stripping people of liberties for the odd, um, irrational. Call it crazy. Behavior that we're talking about, right? Well, who gets to adjudicate that, and who do we trust to do that? I can tell That's you the
0: catch twenty two.
1: Mm-hmm, that is a guy who at least studied psychology slash psychiatry slash uh, neuroscience slash the effects of the on the brain of of substances in college. I got a psychology degree. Uh, I, I know just enough about that profession, and I'm, you know, the world's biggest Jordan Peterson fan who happens to have been is the most cited to clinical psychiatrist, psychologist. I'm sorry. He's not a psychiatrist. The most cited to academic clinical psychologist in the history of the profession. So he certainly knows something about it. They are the ones who, you know, are actively promoting the transitioning of minor children and right. celebrating it instead of trying to treat it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. So, so large, the people that are
0: supposed to facilitate mental wellness are the ones that are the purveyors
1: of worsening mental wellness. Right. So I said ironic is that it's not a good situation. I said on last week's episode that on January 6th of 2020, I literally 2121, I literally hit my knees in a mild panic attack about what was happening in our nation and heard the voice of God. Mm hmm. And then this week, I just pointed out that the Second Amendment is about protecting liberty, not about protecting your home from tyrants um, that act on the sort of threats that Joe Biden has made. Um, How far away from am I from being declared by maybe a hardcore leftist psychiatrist as a threat to the community who needs to be uh, imprisoned or at a bare minimum red flagged? you know, red flagged out of gun ownership? So. Yes, you.
0: That's that's the silver bullet here, and uh, it, what we have said on this show would definitely get us 1984 by the party. They'd be knocking on our doors if they had that oh, authority, dude. And we're not that far away. So, what's like so? I what do. is the answer? Because we know there's a problem with mental health. We can't fix it because we we're backdoored into this thing with the Second Amendment. And if we give them the power to to say you need to be committed. Then, of course, that one that has the authority is going to come after the ones that are a threat to that authority. The answer, civil war. The answer is where
1: we're headed. we should all listen to Jesus because he's got the answers. Hmm. Honestly, did the you like the are, ending to the show last week? <laughs> I loved it. God, family, and getting off the drugs. Those three things. Uh, and they're all interrelated. Uh, the problem is, certainly from the leftist perspective, you know what all three of those require: self ownership, self discipline, taking responsibility for one's That's own That's not in their playbook, in the dude. I know, but you know what is in their playbook? Destroying society by removing God from it, by destroying the nuclear family, and then drugging all the remnants of the depressed, you know, broken souls that they've left behind. And then boxing us into a catch 22, which they firmly have us in now, where we have to choose between true freedom and liberty uh, and the mess that comes along with it, or, you know, snatching up a guy like the guy from Maine and putting him in some sort of institution before he can hurt somebody. Which is a slippery slope. I
0: still will fall back on somebody should have said something to somebody. I don't, and I don't know if it could have helped or not,
1: but. Like, Let me just yeah. sitting
0: there doing nothing
1: that's not the answer i'm not saying that it is all i'm pointing out is it's a real pickle man like we're it's, in a real there's pickle no doubt. because i'm dude i'm i'm to your point look at the um what was the one in florida what was the name of that school uh douglas stoneman
0: douglas is that right yeah uh, there's so many and that's uh, and it sounds bad even saying
1: that there's so many i don't i don't the know florida one, one yeah i know that guy that young man boy psycho had also was on the FBI's radar, on local law enforcement's radar, had been talking about his plans online and stuff. He'd been talking about killing a bunch of people online for sure. I don't remember his plans in particular. My point is just that he was well known to everybody. And I want to say, didn't his his home get visited by some feds at one point? Like they were on top of that kid. And he still walked in there and shot the place up. And then when he did, the cops were cowards and backed down. Like they did about ninety miles west of here mm-hmm. when that happened, assuring maximum destruction, maximum chaos, maximum newsworthiness. Right? Stand
0: down. There's kids getting so, shot. Oh, to your point. Okay.
1: Like should he have been apprehended for making terroristic threats? Man, I'm not gonna sit here and say no. I'm just pointing out. How do you make a structure and a set of laws and a medical evaluation process such that your right to to freedom of speech remains in fully intact, but we somehow only nab the real baddies who are getting ready to do real baddie stuff?
0: Because it think, sure seems to me... I, I, I think the answer is what you said a minute ago, is that the only way to have a truly free society is there's a mess that comes along with it
1: yeah Ugh, and if we'll just get back to god that. if we'll get back to god family and stop passing out you know ssris like halloween candy then maybe we'll start I, seeing dude, i think we're close to the end of the world
0: happening in that I don't, we're not putting it in reverse in this i mean it sure doesn't seem like it dude i it mean like honestly the fast lane we're in the autobahn of the destruction of society this way yes Get on this Autobahn, and let's get there as quick as we can. As for me and my house, we
1: shall serve the Lord. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Everybody listening to this show, take responsibility, which all y'all do, right? But know the dangers of putting, especially a child, on these hardcore medications, man. Do the Mm -hmm. research. Like, real deeply research it. It's not... The problem is just like Adderall, man, they've been drugging kids like you with Ritalin and Adderall since the 90s because you're a lot easier to deal with when you're in a, you know, in a, what is that stuff called? In a, in a upper, uh, what's that word? Um, Hyper focused is what it's supposed
0: to do, but I don't know. You know what? I think I'm in the vast minority of people who experienced those drugs in high school. Speed induced coma is what I was trying to say. Which sounds And counterintuitive. realized very quickly that I did not like the way it made me feel, and I None don't want do, to dude. take them. None of them do. But, but okay, name well, somehow, a kid. Somehow I got I got out of the. I didn't. I guess number one didn't become addicted to them because I fought taking them, right? And number I don't two, think I Adderall guess my parents, has any. I mean, my parents. I know that. My parents are God-fearing Christian parents, and they were like, "Well, you're falling asleep in class. You're not paying attention." Uh, let's, what does the doctor say? Well, the doctor says, okay, well, we trust the doctor. So
1: here you go. And Listen, And I'm not, I'm not condemning them. We've talked about this before and I have infinite it. grace for all of the parents, for the, for the boomer generation, even probably some Xers who blindly trusted the medical profession. But if you still do that in 2023, then you must be on drugs yourself. That's my point, right? Like, yes, they didn't know in the 90s that these things didn't do what they were supposed to do and that they were creating a whole generation of drug-addicted, you know, future problems, right? And that was, you know, back then, as far as I know, dude, they weren't putting kids on anti... Adderall and Ritalin is one thing. Nowadays, I know of kids that are on both Adderall and an SSRI. At the same time. Young kids.
0: Here's your speed cocktail. Here's your downer cocktail let's mix them together and see what happens right eight-year-old child and if you like i said
1: still blindly
0: mental development
1: accept the idea that drugging your children is okay ever dude ever you are beholden to a corrupt system and you got to wake up and you also got to be willing to do the hard work of parenting a tough kid because that's what that is man it's just hard work it's not easy to deal with a especially disruptive, you know, crazy little boys. That's how God made them. Well, but you can't just you. So you can't just turn them into zombies to not, not have to Stella deal with. Franky and Stella are the same,
0: externally identical twins. The personalities can be more different, and Frankie yep. has the one that we're out of the three kids. She's the one, and I was just talking to my my friend before I, before this call, and I was he was like, Hey, how are the girls doing? Uh, physical therapist and. So yeah, they're doing great. Um, you know, Frankie is showing and has for a couple of years a little more shine, like signs of anxiety, like she's a high stress kid. If she was to find out about what happened in Maine, it would keep her up at night, terrifying her. Our sister and brother, whatever. Well, that's sad. You know, they're too young to really understand what it is. But her, she would be like. It'll be bad she, because she found out about what happened in uh, South Texas. Somebody in school told her. you know, Some crazy person went up and, and that happened at a school, shot up a school. And of course, that uh, was on her mind. And Aaron has to lay in bed with her for an hour at night trying to get her to go to sleep for a couple days. I think she will be the hardest one to parent. But I
1: don't think drugs are the thing that are going to...
0: Maybe that's just a cop out.
1: It is a comfort. It it makes it easier. And if there's there's anybody listening who's offended by that, I'm sorry, but I am called by God to speak truth, as all as is everybody. I I I
0: have Have you ever tried tried this? You know whose kid is on uh, Ritalin or Adderall or some some derivative of of that line of medication.
1: I'm sending you a prayer right now.
0: But having having had it myself. And knowing how to how it made me feel, like that will just that won't be a thing in this house.
1: You can't do that, dude. You can't put a child on that stuff. You can't. You can't. It should be illegal. It should be criminal. You can't. But you know what? I was you can't very do? popular in college,
0: though, when I still had the prescription, and I didn't want it because everybody was like, "Oh, let me
1: have that to study." Riley uh, and Sarah. Riley and Sarah are both high-strung kids. I know what it's like because I was high-strung as hell, dude. Like high-strung. I would get. My axle wrapped around all the way through my 20s, man. I would get completely obsessive about things and, you know, and not be able to focus on anything else unless I was like forced to for days at a time, man. I'd be worried about, you know, diseases and and just all sorts of stuff, right? I would say that you were high strung when I met you in our early 20s.
0: And as you got older, that dissipated. But I would say your your walk with God,
1: I think, is probably the thing that has, calms you down the most that's a thousand percent correct that and physical fitness mm-hmm. and the two are inner inseparably intertwined for me but that's that's what I was trying to get at with both Riley and Sarah at points in the last few years when they seemed to be maxed out I sat down with them in one night and we went and we found every passage we could find in the Bible that speaks about not being anxious and not being afraid there are supposedly 365 such passages. I've never fully been able to I, confirm that. I, I've talked to people who know more about the Bible than I do, who claim it's true. I've tried to look it up. I can't find it. It's, I don't know. There's a bunch, though, especially if you add up, like, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Trust the Lord your God, right? Like, There's a lot of them. With Riley one night, I may have shared this before, but she was freaking out about the idea of running track, which she was being begged to run. And she was like, I mean, freaking out, crying. This was in sixth grade, late January that, that year. And we really like sat there and we boiled it down and talking to her about it and 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 going through some scripture with her. And what I literally did was I Googled what does the Bible say about being anxious and afraid? And I just started reading them off rapid fire. You know, I was like, I don't know all the citations off of my head, but you know, I'd throw the citation out there and I'd read it the next one. And I'd read it. And the next, and I just like, I just pounded away with them. Right. And what that actually allowed then was this conversation with her that unveiled that what she was really stressed out about was time management because she's a type a kid. She wants to keep 100. I mean, like, you know, straight A plus 199 to, you know, level grades. She wants to have the adequate time to continue training her horse and becoming a better horseman. But she also kind of wanted to run and that was like the last of our priorities and she couldn't fathom how she was going to do all that. And so as we went through it all, <clears throat> I was able to synthesize down, okay, so what actually stresses you out here is your time. Is that right? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, first of all, you don't need to worry about that. Because there's actually scripture that says, who among you has gained an hour of your life by worrying, Mm -hmm. right? So the Bible says specifically, like, you don't gain time by worrying about it. Second of all, it's your mom and I's job to get you to the thing. All you got to do is do the thing. Whether that's school, the horses, or racing, you know, running, we'll manage the time part. And when you get there, just give it your all. And, you know, while you're, say, at a track meet, you can bring some books because there's plenty of downtime during a track meet to study, right? So we walked through all that, and I know I've shared this before, but then all of a sudden this kid who at the time was probably 12, I guess, 11, what are you in sixth grade? She She goes, so the Bible says not to worry because if you're worried, then you're wasting time on what you're worried about instead of turning to God and thinking about him. And so the more you worry the less you're turning towards god and i was like even if you're not a believer the bible is so full of words to live by like yeah hey, don't
0: worry about things that are out of your control you know why because you're wasting your time worrying instead of living your
1: life 100 it's crucially important unbelievable that one passage especially right who among you has gained an hour of their life by worrying mm-hmm. like that's so perfect and profound but then this this 11 or 12 year old flips it around in a way where it's like, well, yeah, God doesn't want you to worry. Cause if you are worrying about anything, then you're not looking at him. And that for me was like a, being punched upside the head. I was like, wow, you're so much smarter than me. Cause I'd never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. So then fast forward a couple of years later in the midst of COVID hell, like I said, Sarah at that point was, I guess like kindergarten. Yeah. She was a kindergartner, um, but she's a wise soul. As brilliant as Riley, dude, maybe even more, which is like terrifying. I shouldn't be afraid of it. But I mean, like she's real smart, Mm -hmm. very mature for her age, um, very sensitive, very, very sensitive. I've said before, I know she hears God. Well, at that stage of her life, that same antenna was letting her hear from other side, other sources, right? So they shut school down and the whole world is talking about a disease that'll kill you, right? What do you think that does to a six year old that's already high strung, to your point earlier, Mm -hmm. right? I think we had some tough nights. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. They took away what she loves more than anything the ability to go to school and they replaced it with bombardment about a disease that she was worried was going to kill her grandparents or kill one of us or kill her, right? Where everybody's wearing masks and all this bullshit, right? So I went through the same exercise with her. And more, well, as importantly, a friend uh, who I was really just barely getting to know at the time shared with me this prayer called the nail it to the cross prayer, which is basically like a form of, it's a deliverance prayer. And you go through it. I just emailed it to you, but you basically say, "Oh heck, let me read it. This is important enough to take a second. Uh, sent and send it to you all right this prayer goes like this i bless my spirit to be prominent over my soul and body my spirit to be prominent over my soul and body father i nail and fill in the blank mm-hmm. right worrying about covid to the cross father i break all agreements known or unknown that i've ever made with my fear of covid to the cross again i'm throwing something in there Father, I repent of having ever joined with whatever this thing is, right? Father, I ask that you take this thing away from me. Father, what do you have to give me in place of this thing? And then you sit quietly for a second. And whatever you hear, you say, I seal that in my spirit. Write down that thing that you heard back from God, and you pray about that. So at that time, dude, this is what she was actually hearing. In these way too, pro, as long as she was busy, man, everything was cool. But she wasn't into just sitting and watching TV like the rest of her sisters were. She would walk around the house like a zombie in this petrified state. And this was going on for weeks before I found this prayer and really like figured out how to address the issue, right? She started crying one night and was admitting that she was hearing this voice telling her, God is stupid. Jesus isn't real. And in her little mind, she thought that was her own little mind, mm-hmm. right? That these were thoughts she was having, and that meant they were she was actively thinking them. This was right when I became truly aware of the true nature of spiritual warfare, right? And I can tell you now, definitively and beyond question, I know you're not in control of the thoughts that pop into your head, right? I'm hungry. That's your brain and your stomach. Yeah. But when you face a fork in the road, and one is short term, you know, temptation towards short term game, and the other one's telling you play the long game here. That's the angel and the devil on the two shoulders, right? You are affected by good and evil spirits all the time. So when a six or seven year old who I know believed sincerely in God is hearing a voice telling her that, quote, Jesus isn't real. God is dumb. Lord, forgive me for repeating the words, but obviously I don't mean them. Like I knew what was happening, right? So this guy shared this with me. So what we put in the blank was the devil's lies at each of those points where it was like, I repent against having ever sealed, you know, having ever made any agreements with the devil's lies Mm -hmm. fit perfectly. We said that prayer with her every, she has to say it every night for a week. And then, you know, have continued to equip her with learning how to pray better. And, or, you know, she's an amazing prayer warrior already, but continuously praying with her and then just reinforcing everything back to scripture. And dude, she's a rock. She knows what to do now. She's well, got that prayer tucked away in her little nightstand. And if she needs it, she pulls it out.
0: So that's the way to deal with a child suffering from yes. anxiety or name that, you know, Dude, mental. It's a spiritual of problem. Mental, the, the external signs of a mental health
1: situation. Giving a kid or any person a drug to deal with depression and anxiety is a materialistic atheist approach to the problem. Period. full stop like can an they help take
0: on the Bible for you which I want to play okay just segue here. this one yeah.
1: quick thought up it, they can help in a true crisis but if they're your long-term solution to quote being happy you'll, you'll never get there all you'll do is drug yourself and become hopelessly addicted to in the case of SSRIs a drug that will kill you if you quit a cold turkey period End of story. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. If you get addicted to benzodiazepines over years, the rehab process is the most excruciating and potentially dangerous thing you can do besides becoming, you know, spending 20 years as a fall down drunk and then deciding one day you're going to quit, which killed my dad's twin brother, by the way, Mm -hmm. we think. Anyway, Um, it's a spiritual problem. So the only way to solve it is to be spiritual, not materialistic, spiritual, not materialistic. Turn to the spirit, not the materialist, the material realm. That's Marxism. That's evil.
0: We we would both agree, as I pointed out earlier. Like, even if you are not a believer, the Bible is a wealth of knowledge on how to live a worthwhile life. Right? Yeah. Probably just like uh, I don't know. What is the book that Buddhists follow? Like.
1: Oh, yeah, you're totally probably, sure one, yeah.
0: You're probably gonna be a good person. Amen. You're probably gonna treat others like you want to be treated. Doesn't mean you're getting into heaven. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but like, hey, here's a here's in this book, there is wisdom that will help you lead a positive life. Ancient wisdom die. is ancient for a reason. Yeah. Well, here's a person stands the test of time that not only disagrees with that. But I think the reality of Christians being persecuted is, uh, dude, it's here, and it's only—they're only, only going to keep turning up the heat. But here's Jen Saki on our new uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson.
1: If only she was the only one of them. So the fiery redhead. Here we go
0: circle back sec dude i can't stand her but
1: johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of god talk about a bit of a humble brag there so what exactly has god apparently called on mike johnson to do well his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist they're more divisive than they are divine Let's see if i can get her get yeah her she front. points specifically well, to the fact that right. he's the Bible doesn't just inform his worldview. It is his worldview.
0: Yeah. So that was the front end of that.
1: Yeah. What she lists as divisive rather than divine, which all of the leftists are freaking out about right now is specifically his take on abortion. Uh, by the way, he's against it and his, I guess, take on gay marriage. Uh, by the way, he's against it. So those are divisive, not divine, even though they're abundantly clear scripturally. Um, But more importantly, uh, try listening to what he actually said. Do you happen to have that? Mm -mm, Might be worth pulling up. Um, Everybody from NPR to PBS to MSNBC for sure, I'm sure CNN, are all claiming that that man stood before a podium last week and said, I was chosen by God for this. What he actually said was, everyone here was put here by God. Everyone in D.C., everyone in this media, everyone in this room has reached the position they've reached because it was ordained by God to allow it. Even the people he disagrees with. That's what he actually said. That's a far cry from what she called. Far cry. Far cry. Yeah. That's acknowledging that Joe Biden is the president because God allows it. Right? Right. That's what that man was actually saying. These evil, godless, Satanists is what they are, dude. Demonically possessed witches like her. They're twisting his words around to make him out to be a kook. I said in our Bible study this morning, man, because one of the guys, my Bible study that I do on Wednesdays is with like four or five guys that are pushing 70, right? Me and my buddy Aaron. One of them pointed out that when his kids all got back from college, they had all been basically had God like beaten out of them. And I was like, yeah, you know, they, they didn't, you know, they came back basically agnostic at best. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's because they're 18, 19 years old and they go off to university and these sick atheist professors bludgeon them and bully them like only leftists do right. Mock them and ridicule them for believing in something that they cannot see. Right. Cause they're materialist atheists. That's what they are getting back to materialism. It's the, it's not the belief that all that matters is the stuff you can touch, right? And whatever the heck animates your soul, but
0: that, like we and talked your about body. last week, that's also when you are at your most impressionable and vulnerable as yeah. an adult.
1: So you got these smart sounding people just bullying you into submission. It's not, they haven't been convinced of anything. They've been literally abused, man. That's what that is. The left are just a bunch of bullies. That's what Jen Psaki is doing right there, more subtly than a shithead you know you know psychology one-on-one freshman professor right Mm -hmm. these two people from npr that oh what are their names doesn't matter terrible evil people misconstruing what the man said they don't have a single sliver of basis in the bible themselves they have no belief in spirituality all that matters is the material realm therefore whether they know it or not they're satanists because who's the who is Who presides over the material realm the enemy Mm.
0: well i you know i I look at you chisholm and i think uh that you are the enemy because you are too handsome male you're too stale and you're too pale too damn white too pale this is uh new york attorney general Letitia james bringing america together
1: is too male, too pale, and too stale. Too male, too pale, and too stale. Too male, too pale, and too stale.
0: Too Let's male, chant it together too now, pale, people. And, too stale.
1: and we will not go away silently.
0: Yeah, so there she is getting people riled up. I think it was on the heels of the latest uh, African-American who was killed by a cop. By the way, that African-American tried to strangle the cop. It's on video, and now he's a martyr. So you know what? Don't be a criminal, and you might not get dead. Don't assault a police officer, and you might not get dead. It isn't a race thing, you idiots. Don't assault a cop. That was pretty racist. (laughs) You think, you think that's racist? Too pale and sexist. The establishment is too male,
1: sexually and too racist, pale
0: and too stale. It's old white men that are causing the problem, racially sexist. On some level, I would say, yeah, Joe Biden's part of the problem, and he's held Democrats down for a long time. She's right about that, but who did she vote for? Joe Biden. Guarantee it. Hmm. It's been a barn burner. What you else you, got? you talked about uh, you. Well, you I didn't have a chance to listen to this, and I don't know if you if we should listen to it and then talk about it. But you said Tucker was on with Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to table that, or do you, is there some is there do I need to go listen to it and then we talk about it, or?
1: I mean, from a content perspective, they don't say anything mind blowing or novel. It's all stuff that we talk about. Although, I'm a Tucker, little jealous
0: that Theo Vaughn can get Tucker Carlson on his show.
1: So that's my main observation. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> that's my main observation, dude, is that Theo, and we've talked about this a little bit. I was trying to tell tell Ashley last night. Like, that dude, first of all, okay, we can all agree, right? That the CIA has had its hooks, the government, whatever, whatever, the deep state, whatever, whatever you want to, the the the, the government propaganda machine has had its hooks in the entertainment industry since basically the fifties. We all agree with this, right? Hmm. So, yeah. if you reach a certain prominence as a comedian, do you think it's possible you become? They might throw a noose around you too, drag you along their path. My point is, how does Theo Vaughn, as you point out? End up with Tucker, RFK Jr., Jordan Peterson, some of the most influential thinkers and figures in the world right now. I'll tell you how. At least it's in our the, world, it's
0: the same thing as the Belichick coaching tree. If you were an assistant under Belichick, you're getting a head coaching job in the NFL. If you're one of Joe Rogan's buddies, you're getting you're getting whatever you want.
1: Well, so I, so I have a cynical view of it, and I that one is is actually this isn't my normal 50 50 torn position there's a tiny little fraction of me that thinks that you're right that joe put his arm around theo joe and theo both, both themselves are some kind of agents of i mean whichever joe made Heater the the podcast what it is yeah, yeah mainstream no, you, people everybody that i listen to and know now i told you i said two weeks ago i basically found through joe right but so Adam Curry from No Agenda has talked about this before. He doesn't think Joe is a quote asset of the deep state, but what he is, he points out, is an open mic with a gigantic the biggest platform of all time. So he has like Mike Baker, this former former, he, and Joe, to his credit, always makes the joke. He's like former quote air quotes C- mm-hmm. CIA agent to come on and talk about how important it is that we be you know hostile towards China all the time. That's what Mike Baker's like whole mo is is to make sure that we know that china's trying to kill us so i don't disagree with Mike baker i uh, i don't think we should be uh very
0: so okay China, ever if China china's, china's trying
1: is. to kill us then that means we need to have bases all over the planet and high-level espionage even of american citizens actually he would probably not totally agree with that but you know that makes the decent super steep state here's super the deal are they right? a
0: friend or enemy Okay, if they're an enemy, then maybe keep your enemies your friends close and your enemies closer, but I don't, I don't know that
1: they're an enemy. They're our single biggest trade partner. But either way, put that aside. My point is he is an open mic to anybody that he finds fit to bring on, right? And from him people become famous. And so Theo Vaughn is a comedian. Getting back to it, I was telling Ash, like you know, if you give Theo Vaughn five minutes, especially in just conversation like he does on his podcasts, you'll be like, this guy is a complete and total clown. Like there's almost never a sentence that comes out of his mouth that you think is legitimate, uh, based on any something, anything assembling reality. Right. He is a lunatic, but if you give him 15 minutes, you start to realize this guy's some kind of weird hypnotist genius because it never stops. Like ever, ever, ever. If like your he's, dad
0: went to go see Barbie movie, Barbie. that's how you got a stepdad.
1: <laughs> oh, I told her uh, greatest line of all time. My uncle got bit by a gay guy, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway, he's just it's just like nonstop riot of insanity. Yeah, And the, the, if you give him, like I said, give him half an hour and you realize you got to be a genius to n- never, ever turn it off like that, like to continuously have these weird tangential, you know, wordplay, you know, random made up, clearly made up on the cuff stories, right? He's just shooting from all over the place. Or maybe there was some nugget of truth in his weird past from so- South, Southern, he's a South Louisiana guy. Mm. Anyway. But then you, you hear him in these hour and a half long conversations with the likes of Peterson, RFK, and Tucker, and you will hear him kind of drop the character from time to time. And you'll hear the real Theo Vaughn, his actual passion about things come out, like get him talking about the Sackler family and the opioid crisis, and you hear a man that's righte- righteously pissed off, right? Get him talking about the fact that we have infinite, you know, endless money for Ukraine but the city of Lahaina is allowed to burn to the ground and those folks get 700 bucks and you'll hear a man that's serious all of a sudden. Mm. Right. He's still, it's funny. Cause Ashley's like, you kind of like Larry, the cable guy. Right. And I was like, yeah, kind of in that he has this character he's putting on, but the difference between what's the real name of Larry cable guy. I don't know. I thought you've had him on your show.
0: Hmm. Jeff Foxworthy, who, who much <laughs> like, uh, oh, Joe Rogan Foxworthy. made Theo Vaughn. Jeff Foxworthy made
1: Larry, the cable guy. Bingo. Larry the Cable Guy is a full-blown caricature, right? That's like Andrew Dice Clay. The real human being, you can hear him talk where he drops the facade and it's not even, like, he doesn't do the voice. It's clearly an act. With Theo, real Theo and character Theo kind of sound the same. Mm-hmm. They, they're He's more articulate. He's more coherent. I mean... It, Saying sound the same. The voice is the same. It's not like a full-blown character is my point, right? Like, he's still Theo, this guy with this kind of Cajun accent type of thing, but you can... It, it lets you realize, alright, this brilliance of his nonsense is backed up by an actually smart guy, and he can't not be that because you can't have a two-hour conversation with Jordan Peterson and not be sharp as a freaking tack, dude. Like, even the way he tees up tangents, right, and, like, drops in these ridiculous uh one-liner premises in the midst of a otherwise very intelligent conversation like if he couldn't understand what these people are saying he wouldn't even be able to pull that off you know what i mean right like he wouldn't allow he wouldn't be able to make it light but also informative if he didn't get what these people were saying on a pretty deep level so tucker goes on his show last week and dude it's a an absolute riot tucker is so damn funny and so damn personable and like just as quick-witted and rolling with the punches the whole way. They're cussing like sailors the whole time. Um, sharing stories about their former addictions. Tucker's been sober for like 22 years. Theo's been sober for like 18 months. Um, mm. Dude, it was funny. There was this one moment where I was laughing out loud. That no, was a different show. Never mind. There was a whole bunch of moments where I was laughing out loud. But so, was, you know, was there any callbacks, things, both of them?
0: At, at the end of the day. You're making a very short answer out of uh you're making a long answer out of long a short answer. question. But your should we table it
1: 2.0? It uh, might be what? too late.
0: I don't know. Is it worth me watching? Is it, is there enough there to do a show on? I don't know. I was just not a whole show, but okay. you should,
1: you should listen to it for the entertainment value. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. I think I'll, I'll check it out before Yeah. I've got some road. I probably some, already some...
1: beat, beat the horse in terms of content for this show, but listen to it. It's okay. got some drive time coming up to the ranch and the deer lease and stuff. So
0: I'll do it. Get
1: um, You know, I've mentioned this one
0: dude to you who gives me
1: crap on... Wait. While we're on the subject of these guys' sobriety, because I will never remember again, Mm. how did Sober October go? Uh, 27 days. We made it until the
0: Friday night of the World Series, and my buddy was like, I want to come over and watch the game. I was like, come over. He's like, are you still doing that thing? Because he's like, this is my friend Dylan, lifelong friend, and we went to the World Series in 2010 when we lost, and anyway... We watched all the Mavs playoff games together. We watch a lot of Cowboy games on Sundays together. He's like, I'm not coming unless we're going like to get our minds right. And by that, he means drink. And I was like, well, I said, I'm fine with that. We've made it 27 days. I could care less. It is the World Series. Uh, but I have to ask my bride if she's okay with that because she's been on this journey with me. And uh, she was like, ah, screw it. So, yeah, we did 27 days. Basically, most of October. You're like, you're like frowning, like, oh, it's like, who cares? It was the World Series. I did something that for no reason, I didn't have to do it. I just did it and made it 27 days. And if it wasn't for the World Series, then I would have made it until Halloween.
1: It's like saying I'm going to run a marathon and then you get to mile like 24.8 and you're like, it's good enough.
0: Yeah, but at mile 24.8 are your, is your team now playing in the World Series? It's
1: not the same thing do you have to be drunk to watch a baseball game
0: no i don't but i enjoy it more wait 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 there's a difference between drunk and just watching a baseball game with a few beers i've done both many do you have times.
1: to be under the influence to watch a baseball game
0: no you don't have to be under the influence to watch a sporting event but if your are but if your drinking buddy is coming over to watch the game then and and but, well the main thing for me was it had nothing to do other than is aaron going to look at me like you're looking at me or or is she, like, going to say, okay, fine?
1: I know I should have. I meant to ask you about it last when week. When she said the okay, I fine. I,
0: I mean, I think at first she didn't answer my text. And I was like, oh, she's going to be pissed. She's pissed. Like, she doesn't want to quit early. And then I was like. Did she quit earlier? And she wasn't mad. And I was like, okay, I'm, so I'm going to get you a bottle of Pinot Noir. She's like, <laughs> ugh, fine. It's the World Series. So, she and the whole family's invested. Like, Aaron's complete all in. Stella, who I didn't expect, is. Sitting in my lap, wearing the ranger hat backwards, got it inside out for a rally cap. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, But yeah, so twenty-seven days could have made it. His uh, (laughs) Dylan's excuse was, "We'll just do like four days of November, like in a row." And I was like, "Probably do
1: that anyway." But okay, so you 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 broke down Friday night mm -hmm. based on peer pressure from a lifelong friend. How many days have you drank since then?
0: It didn't. You didn't have to twist my arm, though. Like I, I was like, "Sounds good to me."
1: (laughs) Well, there's some. Well, so they played on Saturday. There's some belated honesty. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: took on Saturday off. Okay, they played on Monday yesterday was halloween which was the original day we
1: were all right so you went from 20 straight days 27 straight days to four of the last five nights
0: hey here's the good news if they win today then we can
1: and you're done you can stop drinking because being
0: cause... sober again yeah so there's no baseball anyway, thank you chisholm for being a real downer there uh we
1: gave it a good effort Just no no no. what i'm doing is i'm trying to hold one of my best friends in the world accountable you know what if commitment. your
0: astros would have held up there into the bargain and beat the rangers we could have made it but they didn't so it's the midget's fault. Hmm. You blame the Astros. Midget for your just la- need
1: to hit one more home run. For your lack of commitment. That's it's uh-huh. a neat trick. Okay. Very Do left not- to stub me. <laughs> Allow your brother. Oh
0: gosh. All right. So this so this dude on Instagram, I, I think I brought him up
1: one other time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold I on, hold on. I wasn't we're a not, Christian. We're not we're not done with that yet. Oh, this is relevant, of- but we're, we're Romans. 14, 13, uh, do not, uh, where is that? Oh, the other thing was, and
0: why I was willing to never, break rank never, on Friday. Never put a to
1: stumbling the- block or hindrance in the way of a brother.
0: So um, so the, the other reason why I was willing to break rank on Friday is my other buddy, Evan, took me to the World Series game on Saturday. I knew I was going to the World Series on Saturday, and by God, I was going to drink at the World Series game on Saturday, so. There's that. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. I don't feel bad about it. I actually feel pretty good about it. Twenty seven days. Gave it gave it better than the old college try. So but you could say, hey, you quit running the marathon at, at mile marker twenty four. Whatever. That's uh, a what very you...
1: it's a very you know what if if I saw a sign
0: a... at mile marker twenty four that says Rangers World Series game this way. I'm leaving the marathon to go watch the world series game. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so say co- great analogy, but yes, I would bail on the marathon just like that to watch my Rangers in the world series,
1: except there's no except I would do the it. O- the only, the only, it would be more like the route to the marathon actually goes through the stadium and does laps around the diamond, meaning you can continue to watch the game and finish the marathon. See, that's the distinction between the correct but you're never happy because you're always turning your head
0: and it's not as fun and you get then you get a crick in your neck so so you yeah. can't watch a baseball game without... Baseball is
1: not There's fun unless you're drinking. There's 162
0: baseball games. Yes, I can watch a baseball game without drinking. When your team goes to the World Series, which you wouldn't know about because you don't watch the games, maybe that's the problem, is that when I you have watched the ca- box score... I've watched score, the Astros in the World when Series. When you check the box score in the morning, it, like having a beer is not really something that sounds good at 7 a.m. when you're looking at the box score to find out if your team won because you didn't watch the game. Not the same thing. But my team's in the World Series. By the way, I didn't bring this up earlier... The If the Rangers win the World Series, they will have won the World Series in shorter time than the Astros. Astros been around 55 years before they won the title. This is the Rangers' 52nd season. So just to put that out there, that we are better than you and always will be. Oh, and uh, I don't I think ha- we'll get busted for
1: cheating uh, and winning our first title either. Moving I have, on. I have, a, I have about a handful on. of friends that uh, seem to think that these moments are the best moments of justified pursuit. So I look forward to feedback from major and Chad and Tom. Uh, And my question to you guys is, does cable sound like he might've gotten a little bit defensive there? Maybe something like when his team tanked twice in August to give up first place twice to (laughs) the Astro similar to that only this time, because
0: yeah, we knew you guys couldn't win at home, and we, wanted only to play this time, four, we want to play four games on the
1: road. Only this Pretty time, Bochi his, is, his, his, is a genius. Bochi is a genius. His health, sobriety, that? and manhood are then questioned, unlike that time, which was just baseball.
0: I don't think there's anyone that can, can uh, question the amount of testosterone and manhood flowing through these veins. Uh, Wally Moser, one of our Manhutter's listeners, sent me this. Uh, shut up. Wally Moser, shut up, shut up. He's one of our listeners. He sent me this message on uh, Facebook. I got a kick out of you and Chisholm discussing the outcome of game seven. I fell out. Thank you, Wally. So it's not just, uh, I don't know Wally personally, what but, up, Wally? uh, I guess he followed Lone Star Outdoor Show page and somehow found out about our little fledgling endeavor here.
1: You know, you could talk and, about it on that big ass radio show of yours every now and, and then. That might help.
0: You know, you could get a Instagram page and help with like promoting it there.
1: You already have the platform. That was part of. The- <laughs> I mean, you could be, you could
0: run a Facebook page. You could do lots of things, but you don't, right? We could all do more. I hold you accountable. You, hey, you want? It? Okay, well, put the justified pursuit backpack on your back, and
1: you schlep it up the mountain, and I'll just be a cheerleader. <laughs> How about that? You bring the content, <laughs> uh, and the technical chops to the extent we have any, and okay. uh, I bring the philosophy. Okay. Okay. See, it's division <sighs> of labor
0: the good counselor that's your name for a reason uh okay so this dude i got i got time uh this dude is giving me crap on instagram once already about not being a christian because of something i put up that was funny and he's like you're causing your brother to fall blah blah blah. and i was like well then i think we talked about it on the show it didn't make much sense so the other day i put um when the Rangers. One game, one. I took a picture of my Rangers shirt, put it in the closet on the same hanger in the front of all my T-shirts, said, do not wash, you know, repeat tomorrow. And this guy, dude, he said, uh, he said, this was his comment. Why would you do that? Christians can't be superstitious. That means God isn't sovereign. But I don't expect you to understand that. So can... I mean, I think absolutely the guy's a moron. And he even in the subsequent conversation labeled himself as a super Christian or fundamentalist Christian and that those are really the only Christians. And I said, OK, um, well, let's see. Uh, I I kind of got him. When I started talking about the holidays, like, are your kids going to celebrate Halloween? Or are you gonna put up a Christmas a Christmas tree and do these other things? he's like, Yeah, we're gonna put up a Christmas tree, but that has nothing to do with this conversation. And I was like, Well, that's a that's a secular symbol of what is supposed to be the birth of our Lord and Savior. I mean, he didn't really have a response. He kind of tried to to deflect there. But we went around in circles and at the end of the day, he to me just seemed kinda of like uh The biggest hypocrite like who are you to judge me man um i think only god knows somebody's heart i guess you can you can judge if you want to i don't judge i don't care um but at the the heart of the conversation is can christians not do things like hey it's the playoffs i'm not going to shave my beard or hey i know you have your favorite lucky hunting cap that you wear chisholm on certain hunts can we yep. not have where's the difference between confidence or just, Hey, this just makes me feel good about the odds like versus you can't do that
1: stuff. Cause it's hedonism. Um, I'm more like paganism, but, but I, paganism. I think you touched on it a minute ago. Um, when you said God knows your heart, um, you know, in Romans it's eight, I believe. Right. If you believe with your heart, Believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and profess with, if you profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then you are saved. Right? So you can say things out loud. Lots of people can ask you, can question whether you meant it. You can, you know, only the feeling in the heart part, only God, because I'm not even sure we always truly know what's in our heart. Um, not without prayerful, prayerfully seeking discernment. And I've been doing a lot of that lately. One day I hopefully will be able to share some of that. Um, I think the question is when you put your rally cap on, or like when I was a kid and every, to start every cowboy season, I would build this literal, like we called it the shrine, but. Like, everything Cowboys related, whether it was the Dallas Cowboys or, like, you know, Old West Cowboys, like, you know, books we had on the shelf would be on top of the TV all season. And it got dusted one time and we lost and, you know, (laughs) mom got excoriated by not just me and dad, but like neighbors who would come over and watch the games for how (laughs) dare you dust the thing. Back then, I probably thought that I had some sort of influence on it if I kept up whatever rituals we uh, have absolutely zero influence and i told that dude i said
0: god already knows the outcome of the game right there you go like i do believe God is sovereign in that aspect like yes he already knows but you know what i'm a fan and we won in this and guess what my whole family has twice in these playoffs eaten hot dogs at the house and both times rangers lost three times we've eaten chicken wings all three times we've won guess what we're having tonight not hot dogs not hot dogs there will be no hot dogs
1: all night <laughs> but again Dude, that makes
0: me not a christian in this guy's eyes
1: i'll say this man it's probably best that you make sure to counsel your children y'all we're doing this for fun because we're right. fans of the rangers but this has nothing to do with it the players are playing a game you know only god can affect things that he doesn't actually f- visibly touch right or have anything mm-hmm. you know Only God is omnipotent enough to affect things without being able to see him doing it. It's the players playing the game is the part that matters, right? I Um, got to admit this too. Last night at at Mickey and Kelly's house,
0: Mickey had grilled hamburgers and hot dogs. And I told every one of my kids, you may not eat a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) So they only ate hamburgers? And you know what the score was in the second inning? Third (laughs) inning? 10 to 1. Start out 10-0. I you, and I, I ate would, the leftover I would, chicken wings for breakfast yesterday, just so I had continued the streak. So tonight, chicken
1: wings. I do not believe that playfully <laughs> playfully engaging in what look like superstitious rituals during the World Series is a pathway to hell. Simultaneously, however, I might advise you to pray for some discernment about whether you actually think you have any influence and in your said, said, uh, uh, superstitious rituals. Uh, you know, if you have any belief in somewhere in your heart that they have zero belief, I have zero belief,
0: it. Have zero right. belief.
1: You're but taking it them... makes me
0: feel confident. I don't think what I'm doing is altering the outcome. Right. But I like my odds better when I have an I feel better about it. I'm like, this is good. This is good. We're everything's right. Just like, cowboy shrine on the tv you know it's like
1: although i don't think we'd scold anyone at this house if it got dusted the only time it got dusted and at that point they hadn't if i'm not mistaken it was like the first loss of the season so it was Mm -hmm. you know you would have certainly flipped your lid if you'd have been in that situation you know in that exact moment with us based on everything you're saying well
0: yeah as a kid
1: did you allow a kid to eat a burger that touched a hot dog wiener or did you if demand, really did you do demand that Mickey maintain the burgers on a separate grill? No.
0: And if they really wanted a hot dog, I would have said, fine, eat a hot dog. All right. And then yeah. when they lost, I'd be like, Look what you did. Not really. <laughs> 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 but it's weird what we do as sports fans. Uh, like, it, some of the stuff's crazy. But the players do it, too. And I think the players know that if I grow this beard, isn't – you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's what all the guys do. They don't, they know that it isn't affecting the outcome on the ice.
1: Well, so that's different though, right? If you're talking about the players themselves having certain rituals, okay, you just said it gives you more confidence, right? Makes you feel like everything's right to yeah. sit on your ass and drink while you watch the game on TV. At least those guys are trying <laughs> to make sure everything is right so that they can take <laughs> the field and win the baseball game. Right, so there actually is a potential impact. Confidence is everything, in you know, on life, certainly in sports. Right, yeah. So I mean, dude, Bull Durham, one of the greatest sports movies of all time, probably not particularly Christian. Mm. Uh, in fact, what's her name? Certainly. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, I'm trying to name the character. I can't remember her character's name, but um, yeah, she's not particularly friendly to Crash people. Davis people. That's yeah. Kevin Costner. That's certainly the uh main guy. He um Tim he tells her Tim off Ryan? that one Newt, point Newt Lelouch if I you think know. you're if you know if you think you're pitching good because you're getting love or you're not giving getting love, then you are, and you should know that.
0: I'm in a better mood when I'm getting love. I'm in a better mood when I've got the right shirt on. How about That's what I'm that?
1: Saying. And if you were a baseball player, you'd probably swing it a little bit more freely. Uh until you go a month without any nookie and get on the best heater of your life. And then you might be like, I got to keep doing this like nuke did. Right. (laughs) My point is simply superstitions for people who actually can affect the game by how they throw catch run and hit is a lot different than superstitions for a family. That's going to sit around on the couch.
0: uh, What percent I was listening to the ticket today and then flipped it over to another radio station. And all of them are talking about the same thing. Exact same thing that I've just outlined in their own little,
1: it's good sports talk
0: right in, in their own family with their own friends this is what we're doing you know the rangers one game away we can't change this that dude the majority of sports fans do that even though mm-hmm. even like i it just seems so in, insignificant and may, maybe it makes us all just morons because we know it doesn't i know it doesn't affect the outcome of the game i think there are some people who
1: are on the slightly on the other side of the line there but yeah that's crazy again to me like doing it out of solidarity because it's a two-week thing that you you know might get lucky to experience a couple times in your life uh that's a whole lot different than yeah in, in any way thinking that it actually at the end of the day matters a lick which clearly it does not right and clearly you don't think that it does well
0: i knew i was all all good because my dad he was one of the most godly men that i've and i've been blessed to have him as my father he sent me a picture of his Game 1 Rangers shirt hanging up in the closet and said, I'm with you, dude.
1: <laughs> Did he see that stuff on Facebook? Like, I guess, was
0: it? I Yeah, he saw it. I don't know yeah. if he saw the interaction with that guy because I put it up on my Facebook page too and whatnot. So I bet he saw he, it. It seems he too, saw it, seems too if-
1: coincidental that he felt the need to let you know that yeah. he's on your side.
0: Um, Dana White really, I think, missed gaged his, his uh, demographic recently. I don't know if you saw that UFC just signed a 10-year deal. Bud Resigned?
1: Light. Yeah, was I it, I've got a little bit of backstory there. Yeah.
0: Oh Well, I think it was a $150 million deal right. over 10 years to for, for Bud Light to be the official beer of the UFC. Right, Dude, Dana, I really like a lot of your takes. Your people are not drinking Bud Light. They were the first people that got off that bandwagon. You're talking about fans of dudes that are cr- trying to crush each other's skulls. Gladiators, you're calling a timeout. I'm all All right, call it.
1: Does he give a damn if they drink it or not?
0: Does he, No, he doesn't. And I think he's a very stupid businessman, right? Because but he already was,
1: put the 150 in the bank, right? I,
0: exactly. But here's the thing. Does he think, and this was my question. Does he think the UFC is such in such demand, such a big brand that is it is immune to the backlash?
1: You're looking that's at the he, whole thing. You're looking at the to, whole. That's th- what
0: he has to think, right?
1: This is a win, dude. This is an epic win. Okay, let me sh- share with you how. First of all, I don't think that the people who are boycotting Bud Light, who also happen to be UFC fans, are going to suddenly stop watching dudes beat the shit out of each other. They're as into that as you are into tonight's game six, five, five. Better pray it didn't get to a game six. No more game sixes for the Rangers. It, <laughs> he just flipped me <laughs> off. Anyway, <laughs> somebody shared this with me the other day. I can't remember who. This whole thing, we were talking about it. Uh-huh. And they pointed out to me, it was the first I'd heard about it, that, well, other than I saw cryptic Babylon, sometimes I see stuff on the Babylon B. And I think that's funny. It seems random. And then I find out later that they're mocking the news. Like, have you seen this thing where the Washington Post had an article that claimed that the average man thinks about the Roman Empire almost daily because we're all a bunch of toxic masculine men who, who love empire and like gladiators? My and stuff? wife
0: texted me from work about three weeks ago. Yeah, totally to right. Yeah. And said, how often do you think about the Roman Empire?
1: You're
0: like what I said uh well like never I don't know literally never <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so I, I see... didn't even know what the backstory was until right now what why is this Roman Empire thing
1: first I heard of it very similar to that was this Babylon B article mocking like t- saying like man's ex- man confides in wife he's concerned he may be gay because he hasn't thought about the Roman Empire since yesterday <laughs> and I was like what that's like it was really funny. But so off the wall, right? And then it was literally weeks later that I come to find out that the Washington Post had written this dumb article where this person claimed that some study had showed that all we do is sit around and obsess about the Roman Empire, which proved our toxic masculinity. Literally never think about it. Anyway, in a similar vein, I saw something. Oh, I know what it was. It was like uh, Bud Light Plans to regain, um, like homophobic fan base or something like that, transphobic fan base, by partnering with men uh wrestling each other for 15 minutes at a time or something like that, and it had a picture of two dudes grappling. So I was like, I mean, I was just going, "What the hell?" What? And then I found out later from somebody who told me that had been Trey. That, that sure enough, they had. From what he, what I was told is that the UFC had been Bud Light had been the UFC sponsor, primary beer sponsor for a long time, and that in June, when the Dylan Mulvaney uh, translash uh, was in, was activated, which spread far beyond just Bud Light, um, the UFC apparently formally, like what's his name uh, White, actually formally said, this is no longer our sponsor. So supposedly he already fired them this year from that, um, and so what's happened is they've come back and they've offered what I think, I think is, like the biggest contract for a beer sponsorship in sports history, at one hundred and fifty million dollars, dude.
0: That I is- doubt that's true. Maybe like total contract, but I mean the Cowboys are sponsored by Miller Light. You don't think the Cowboys make more or get more money from Miller Light than the UFC does from Bud Light?
1: I don't know. Bud Light, UFC. I mean, UFC is a global brand, dude. That so the Dallas, that, that, the Dallas yeah, Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are the you know damn more money well. than any
0: sports franchise in the world.
1: But there's a single franchise. The UFC is an entire... They own mixed martial arts, right? Like, yeah. The UFC is more like the NFL than it is the Cowboys, right? I'll concede that that's reality, yeah. Yeah. It's the Bud Light UFC... And there's more that the
0: Cowboys only have eight home games eight a year. Beers. UFC has a fight every other weekend. You're prob- You're, yeah, probably so.
1: I don't know. Right. I mean, that's that's the other thing, right, is UFC's fighting 12 months out of the year. It's the biggest deal in UFC history. Maybe not the biggest beer deal specifically in all of sports history. So what's but his angle single- Just
0: counting his money in the bank? 100%. Why is that a win? Why is that a win? Yeah. He said it's a because win. Anheuser a Bush,
1: because, because four months ago, Anheuser Busch was partnering with Dylan Mulvaney and had a lady talking about how we need to steer away from uh, frat bros. And now they've offered the single biggest contract in UFC history to mm-hmm. join forces with the most masculine, you know, most masculine product you can fathom. Will That's it will it, it means sales. that Bud Light has caved completely to this. Completely.
0: Okay, I, I concede that it is a win. On and that they spent
1: angle. $150 million to save face.
0: Is, is that enough? Can they save face? Does it matter at the end of the day?
1: Dude, if Are they the turn UFC, it around completely and just lean back into, you know, bikinis and <laughs> what's up and, you know, <laughs> funny college guy humor, the stuff that that lady said that they're not supposed to do anymore. Uh-huh. Sure. That's the whole point of a dude, the whole point of the backlash was to make change, right? right? It worked. Lots of companies in America were spooked shitless by what happened to Bud Light and Target this summer. Lots. Lots.
0: I mean, I will confess my wife has been back to Target. Every time she comes in with a Target sack, I'm like, dude, what Aaron, come on. You're better than that. But I'm really not- interested to
1: see. She's not better we- than
0: that. Target's Target has their Has their
1: fangs in all of these women. We have documented this. This June's quote pride month. To me. Seems to have been. The moment where the wave breaks. It was like peak pride. But also the first signs. That there's trouble. And you started seeing companies backing off. Right. Mm -hmm. All of them. And it. In some instances I think it started even before Bud Light. But Bud Light was like the shot across the bow. Y'all keep this crap up. We will end you. We will take you from the biggest beer in the world, in America, to like, what are they? They're not even in the top 10 anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what else am I trying to thought?
0: So, at the end yeah. of the day, it's it's a win because they've gone. They folded. You know, they've done a
1: 180 on the Epically whole deal. Epically folded. 100%. Yeah. I know it doesn't say, like, just that it is. It, that's the point of the backlashes. That's the point of the boycotts, is to make these companies change their behavior. And I'm not as. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The the. Unfortunately, we are eight months from knowing really how deep rooted the change has become.
0: Or are we? I if think. It's, I mean, if uh, no, dude. The, the question is, if there's a real election, right?
1: Well, I mean, June's going to come. That's an interesting point. June's oh, going to be great. Right.
0: I'm sorry. I th- we're we're a year away from
1: election. year away yeah. from the election. We're eight months away from the next Pride Month. Right. And that will be, to your point, interestingly, if inadvertently, that will be like peak election time, right? June mm-hmm. of 2024, I think we'll be, if we're not done with the primaries, we'll be damn near done with the primaries. We'll know who's going at it. It will be no holds barred. And pride will be on the agenda Um, socially, corporately, politically, all of the above. So that's really interesting because what I actually think is the divide will probably be if the if the wave started to crest last year, it hasn't like crashed on the shore and rolled back yet. So it's probably going to be in like super destructo barrel mode Next June, because you'll still have people clinging to the movement, but you're going to have people who are, um, who feel empowered to be standing against it for the first time in a long time. Um, There's going to be so much rioting. It's going to be. I would have expected it to be a quiet pride, but now I realize no, it will not be a quiet pride. It will be no. a. And will we still be uh, doing uh,
0: pro-Palestine marches, too?
1: It will not be be a one-directional pride, which is what it was up until this year. The last several years before 2023, pride was all pride, and if you weren't down, you shut up. If you weren't an ally, and hey, everybody who's listening, the word ally means if you're not on their side, you're their enemy. Don't let them fool you. Don't let what's them tell the, you otherwise. What's the opposite of ally historically? Yeah, the Axis. Right. And what were they? Yeah, the Germans, the Nazis, the fascist Italians. Yeah, yeah, those were the non-allies right. from America's standpoint. Right. Ally's not a good term to use, people. No, it's not a good term to use, and you shouldn't allow anybody to get away with it.
0: That's a if anybody's using <laughs> anybody's
1: using the word ally, and I mean anywhere in your life, you should feel compelled and 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 justified in pressing back and saying those are fighting words i identify as neither yeah lgbtq plus or an ally i'm just a person hopefully a christian who conscientiously objects but doesn't hate anybody who loves those people my friend but is willing to stand by scriptural truth and that doesn't make me an adversary
0: we got to wrap it up um We've got so I had a couple more bullet points. We'll get to them next week. Uh, Biden administration AI—they've done something on that front. Uh, House bill to ban Federal Reserve from creating central digital currency. We need to hit on that. And then, dude, one glaring omission that we haven't touched on yet is Trump's attorneys and what's going on in Georgia. Uh, it's not a good look. So we'll uh, we'll get in we'll get into all that stuff and maybe revisit theo Vaughn and tucker uh their conversation uh but that is going to do it for episode 148 of justified pursuit for the good counselor chisholm cook i'm cable smith and we will see you guys next time
1: i got thoughts on ai